Thank you for joining us at the Cross Church Sermon Podcast. Throughout history, God has sent His helpers to assist His people in their time of need. They come in all shapes and sizes and ages. Sometimes it's His Holy Spirit who intervenes wonderfully. Often it's His angels who help us in ways we can't even begin to imagine. Still more often, God raises men and women to help us just at the right time. Today, Pastor Alan Duncalf reminds us of an old and well-known story from ancient times. There was a giant of a man by the name of Goliath who profaned the name of God, threatening and challenging God's people. Backed by the armies of the Philistines, together they struck fear in the hearts of the people of God. It's the story of how God raised up a boy by the name of David. As you listen, let your worries drain away and let faith arise in your heart. Know today that God has not forgotten about you. Even now, he sent his divine helpers to your assistance. David reminds us, don't worry, be happy. For guys that do tack every week. We, we take them for granted week after week, no, no problem, month after month, year after year, nothing like that ever happens, and boy, when it happens, uh, you guys have got to be stressed out of your mind right now. Uh, we just want you to know we love you and appreciate you. Amen? Amen. Yeah, so we're going we're to just follow the theme of the series. We're not going to worry. We're going to be happy. Uh, why don't you tell the person beside you, don't worry, be happy. Go ahead, tell them that. Yeah. Yeah. Were they smiling? Or were they frowning at you? Were they upset or happy? Uh, we, uh, we live in such a stress-filled uh, world. Uh, we have stress-filled lives. Everybody knows that. But, um, and I think most of us understand that worry and fear and stress have a very negative effect on us. A uh, 2013 study by Cruz, Mark, and Lee discovered that anxiety, ready for this, anxiety literally makes everything stink. Did you hear that? Anxiety literally makes everything stink. A person, uh, as people get more anxious, they're more likely to label uh, neutral smells as bad smells. And so what they've uh, pointed out or or discovered is that anxiety literally makes the world stink. Uh, The reason explains Professor Wenli is in typical uh, odor, odor processing, that's when you smell odor, It is usually just the olfactory system that gets activated. But when a person becomes anxious, the emotional system becomes part of the olfactory processing stream. And as people get more anxious, they become better at distinguishing between different bad smells. And the fact is is that everything smells bad. Everything stinks. So there's there's a a negative effect of uh, anxiety. But it's far worse than that. When you worry, your body responds to your anxiety in the same way that it would react to physical danger. It's that, that fight or flight sensation that we experience. And it happens when, uh, when adrenaline and cortisol are, are released because of that sense of fear or anxiety. Teresa Francis Chung says, over a prolonged period of time, raised levels of these chemicals can start to have a toxic effect on the glands, nervous system, and the heart, eventually leading to heart attacks, increased risk of stroke, and stomach ulcers. Professor Margaret uh, Gatt says, these are the people who would, uh, would be called high-level uh, anxiety people. They are frantic, they're frazzled. Those in the high-anxiety group are about one and a half times more likely to develop dementia. 
The link between anxiety and dementia could be a result of cortisol, the so-called stress hormone, which damages the brain. And so you quickly recognize that being stressed out, being fearful, being uh, in, that, in that chronic state of worry is not God's will for your life. In fact, we, we see that time and again in the scripture where we're instructed not to worry. In fact, last week, Jesus reminds us that we should not be worrying. We should be trusting God. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough problems of its own. Instead, today, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And Jesus says, and all the things that you need, all the things you're worrying about, all these things will be added unto you. So just keep as high priority your walk with God. Keep your focus on God and not upon your problems. Now, that's where all of us start getting into trouble. As soon as we start having difficulty, we get our focus off of God and onto our situation, which is stressful, which is difficult, and we start imagining ways that we can solve uh, our problem. We, we are prepared to fight or we're prepared for flight. But, but what the psychologists don't tell, tell us is that there is actually another way, uh, and that is to, to trust God. That, my friends, is what Christianity is all about. And so the thing that you and I need to understand today is that God cares for us. And you've all heard this a uh, uh, hundred times. You, you know it. But the fact of the matter is, is that so many of us don't actually live it. We know it here, but it actually does not translate into faith, and it doesn't translate into action. Uh, going up the stairs to the second floor of her home, my grandmother had a little uh, a cast plaster uh, plaque, and maybe some of you grew up with those kind of plaques in your house. And um, on that plaque, and my mom's here, she'll remember this, it says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now, every time you go upstairs to the bathroom on the second floor at Grandma's place, you had to pass by that little cast plaster little, little um, verse, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. I think that's kind of a, a good verse on your way to the bathroom, isn't it? <laughs> something, something to meditate on, um, something to help you get there if somebody's in the bathroom. Uh, Growing up, I had no idea what that verse meant. I, I mean, you're, as a child, I mean, what cares do you really have? You don't really, you know, I broke my, my bow and arrow. You, you don't really know what the cares of life are really all about. And so this verse, although I didn't fully understand it as a child, it began to be very meaningful as I grew older. In fact, I find that verse coming back to me over and over and over again which is really quite unusual because it's in the King James Version. It's that verse, 1 Peter 5, 7, and here it is in modern English. It says, give all your worries and cares to God. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. So here's the first thing that you need to understand. Uh, when it comes to worry and being happy, remember, we said last week that Jesus began his ministry, his inaugural address, that Sermon on the Mount, begins by answering the question that every human being has and every human being wants to know, how can I be happy? In fact, it, it is the, the question that, that fills our hearts and our minds all the time. And there's a multi, multi-billion dollar industry out there right now that seeks to answer that question, there's books written, there's, uh, there's seminars that you can attend, there's CDs, videos, 
Um, there's, there people come to town and they'll tell you how you can be happy and how you can overcome the stress in your life. There's medication that will help you overcome the stress in your life. Uh, some people figure out, uh, figure out their own way of medicating against stress and worry, and you know the very sad, addictive results of that. Jesus shows us, right at the very beginning of his ministry, how you and I can experience happiness and how you and I can be worry-free. And the thing that you and I need to understand is that if we're going to be worry-free, then we're going to have to do it God's way and not our way. The problem is, with so many of us, we dabble in the faith. We take bits and pieces of it. We, we're not prepared to say, okay, I'm going to go all the way with God here. I'm going to do it all His way. How many understand today that if you're dabbling in the faith and you're not experiencing the benefits of the faith? Would you say amen to that? With God, it's really, it really is kind of an all-or-nothing kind of thing. It's either you do it his way or you continue to struggle. So here's what you need to know. You and I know that reciting this passage of Scripture is very easy to do. In fact, for many of us, we've got the Scripture memorized. But doing it is actually quite a very different thing. To actually do what this says, to give your worries to God, to actually come with my worries and my cares and say, God, here they are, I'm giving them to you. When I was younger, just starting out in the ministry and experiencing the stresses of ministry, uh, I, can, I can remember literally um, acting this out. And it, I, it's kind of ridiculous, but I mean, nobody was watching. It was just me and God. And I literally come to God and say, God, okay, so here's, here's my, my worries and my cares about my money. Here, here you go. And here's my worries and my cares about uh, who's going to be my wife. I give that to you, God. I, was a, I, I mean, I was going on 27, not married yet. Uh, uh, my, my future. God, here it is. I give you, I'm giving you my future. I'm giving it to you, God, and I'm letting you deal with it. And then, of course, a whole long list of things I'm giving to God. Now, <laughs> that, that works to a point. And I actually had an interesting conversation with somebody via text last night. And... And we talked about how praying is not enough. It's not enough just to pray about your problems. How many know that today? It's, it's good to pray about your problems. You need to pray about your problems. But if you understand this faith of ours, you understand that there's more to it than that. And folks, what you need to know now, and this is really is where the rubber meets the road, is that this, this Christian life that we're living is not just a collection of uh, esoteric ideas, of, 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 of good ideas, of, of, of a good philosophy. That's, it's more than that. Um, this, this faith of ours is all about allowing the God of the universe, the creator God, to come into our world, to come into our life, to come into our space and help us with whatever it is that we're going through. This is what genuine Christianity is really all about. And the fact of the matter is, is that God does want to help you. You say, well, Pastor Ellen, even if I'm not worthy of it, well, I just, I'm going to let you in on something here. There's absolutely nobody in this room that is worthy of anything from God, except me. <laughs> nobody, there's nobody here that's worthy of anything from God except 
that we are made worthy through putting our faith in Jesus Christ. Now, this is the practical, this is the practical day-to-day nuts and bolts of this Christian faith of ours. And so we're saying that you gotta do more than just go through religious rituals through the course of the week or on Sunday. What you need to do is you need to start engaging God and allowing God to engage you in your day-to-day, hour-by-hour, moment-by-moment experience. This is, this is why Christianity is, is so wonderful. It's so beautiful. It's extremely practical. Now, here's my question is, and it's this, will, will you? Are you prepared to allow God to help you? Are you prepared to say, God, I'm willing to allow you into my life. I'm willing to allow you to help me get through the struggle I'm going through. Because here's what I know about every one of us here today. Every single person here today, whether young or old, has got something that you're stressing over, something that you're worrying about, something maybe it's not, it's maybe not high on your worry level, but there's some level of concern. And my question is, are you gonna let God help you with this? Now, you're saying, yeah, well, yeah, I'd like to pastor, but the fact of the matter is, I'm just not quite sure how to do this. Well, last week, I remind you that we were talking about the first steps of living a worry-free, happy-filled life. And that is by seeking first the kingdom of God. In other words, making sure that you have a relationship with God where you're walking with him daily. Now, for too many of us, we don't walk with God day by day. In fact, the only time we ever talk to him is if we are facing an emergency. How many know what I'm talking about? I got a problem and suddenly our faith goes into overdrive. We discovered that we suddenly uh, know Jesus. We, We didn't pay any attention to him the rest of the time, but now suddenly, man, we gotta get to Jesus, we gotta get to church, we gotta get the anointing oil, the pastor anoint me with oil, and if he could just wave his hand over me, and if he could just, you know, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if, if I could just get some kind of magic from Jesus, magic from the pastor, we, we kind of treat God like he's a magic genie. I wanna tell you something. God has called us into relationship with them, whereby we walk with them day by day. We call that habit number one at Cross Church. It's the very first thing that we need to do on a daily basis. We need to be in the habit of meeting with God, walking with him, and learning to hear his voice. If you are frustrated in your prayers, if you're frustrated because you feel you're praying and you're not getting anywhere, well, there's a good chance, my friends. There's a good chance that you're not really listening to God, and there's a good chance that you're not really letting him into your space. You say, well, pastor, can you expand on that a little bit more? I'd be happy to. In fact, I will tell you this today. God has got a special word for you today. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever you're struggling with, whatever is uh, a heartache for you, whatever it is that, that constantly plagues, you know that thing that keeps you awake at night, that thing when you wake up in the middle of the night, it comes to your mind and then you have a hard time getting back to sleep. You know that thing that consumes your thoughts, your dreams, your, your daydreams, you've got, got nothing to do, you're, you're thinking about it, you're, you're writing about it on Facebook. That's a thing that God wants to help you with. And God wants you to know that today. He wants to break into your world and he wants to help you. The question is this, will you let him? How does he help us? Now this may come as a surprise to you, but for others it won't be. 
God helps us after we've prayed, after we've sought his face, after we've called out to him for help. God helps us by sending people along to help us. Someone once said that we are his hands or we are his feet. We are his mouthpiece. God wants to use you and me to be a blessing to others, and God wants to use others to be a blessing to you. This is fundamental to the Christian faith. You cannot read through the New Testament without quickly understanding and quickly recognizing that there's something very precious, very special, very important about the body of Christ. Now, Israel's first king, his name was Saul, and everybody here, if you went to Sunday school, you know the story, but bear with me and listen as though you've never heard it before. Israel's first king, Saul, was in big trouble. The Philistines uh, were taunting him, and they were setting themselves up against Israel and Israel's army and the God of Israel. And quite frankly, the army of Israel was terrified. You know the story. And so get this picture. You get the picture of, of the Philistines on one hill and the army of Israel on the other hill, and there's a valley in between. And get the picture of, of this giant standing there, and he is taunting and challenging the armies of Israel every day. Now, I can tell you, this giant, his name is Goliath, nine feet tall. His armor weighed somewhere around 200 pounds. I mean, that'd be like, like going into battle and saying, oh, by the way, you got to carry Pastor Allen on your back because I'm only 200 pounds or around there. Can you imagine that, going into battle with a pastor on your back? Talk about the monkey on your back. It says that he carried his javelin, had a 15-pound tip. like the, 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 the bronze tip on it was 15 pounds. He picked that thing up and just chucked it at you. I mean, this guy was a tank, and he said, you know, our armies don't need to fight. Just send one of your men over to fight me. And if you conquer me, well, we'll be your slaves. But if we conquer you, then you'll be our slaves. And so Israel is smart enough to say, eh, that's not a good deal. That, that's not working for us. And so there's Saul, terrified, worried, anxious, chewing his fingernails off. Well, it doesn't say that, but you can imagine something like that's going on. And the generals are anxious, and the, everybody's looking to the generals, and the generals are saying, like, I don't know what to do. And the king's saying, I don't know what to do. And the soldiers are saying, oh, we don't know what to do. And, and I'm not going. Are you going to go? I'm not going to go. And then we read that a man by the name of Jesse, uh, decided to send his son, his youngest son, David, who was actually uh, a shepherd, wasn't a soldier, wasn't really old enough to be in an army yet. And uh, Jesse's three eldest sons were out fighting. And Lauren, uh, Jesse came along and said, David, you need to go and bring some food to your brothers. And so David does that. He goes out to the front lines and, and uh, he overhears the giant, Goliath taunting and here's what he said he said i defy the armies of israel today send me a man who will fight me and when saul and the israelites heard this they were terrified and deeply shaken yeah and for 40 days every morning and evening the philistine champion strutted in in front of the israelite army repeating the same thing over and over again i defy the armies of israel today send me a man who will fight me and I can tell you, Saul had no idea what to do. I mean, this is going on for 40 days. 40 days, and his 
nerves are frayed and his heart and his resolve uh, have come to nothing and he doesn't know what to do. And he's now he's, he's preparing for the worst. I'm, I'm sure that Saul was planning out his escape route. You know, I, I, he was figuring out what, what will happen if we come face to face. He was already thinking of the ways he's going to escape. But then comes David, and he overhears this. And David says, who would think of defying the God of the armies of Israel? Who does this man think he is? And of course, David's brothers are jealous and angry. And who do you think you are, <laughs> you, you brat? You're just proud and arrogant, and you're just trying to make a name for yourself. Go and get, get out of the way here. You're just a nuisance. And, and somebody actually overhears David saying, who dare defy the armies of the living God? And they go and report it to Saul. Next thing you know, young David is standing before the king. And listen to what David says. First uh, Samuel 17, 32. We put that up there. David says to Saul, don't worry about the Philistines. Can we stop there for a moment? David says, don't worry about this Philistine. Now I want you to see something before we go any further. You can be sure that the army of Israel has been praying every day. God help us. God do something. God save us. We're in trouble. We're going to die. We're they're praying every day, and suddenly God answers a prayer and sends somebody along. And here's the, the words that come out of David's mouth to these people who've been praying, who are worried and anxious and frightened and terrified, the Bible says. Don't worry about the Philistine, David told Saul. David says, I'll go fight them. Because the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. David has got 100% faith in God and also faith in his own ability. Unbelievable. This is a boy now. In fact, that's what Saul says. You're just a boy. What can you do, Michael? You're just a boy. I think maybe David would have been a wee bit older than, than Michael. But Saul looked at him and said, I don't know, I, don't, I, don't, I can't see this. And then, and then David explains to Saul what would happen when he was out caring for his sheep. He said the, the, the lions would come, they would attack. He said, grab it by the jaw, that lion, and release the lamb from the mouth of the lion. I'd take my club and club it to death. I, he said, I did it all the time. It's not a problem. And if I can handle the bears and if I can handle the lions, I can handle this Philistine. No problem. So Saul thinking, what an idiot. He says, okay, well, let's take, on, take my armor with you. Put your, and so there's David trying to put on a grown man Saul's armor. And he's just, he can't handle all this armor and the sword and the shield. And so David said, look, I can't do it like this. You got to let me do it my way, sir. And so he takes off all the armor, throws the sword, the shield, throws it all away. He says, I'm going on my own. And Saul says, with what? You, have, you don't have anything. Oh, yeah, I do. Look at this. He pulls out of his back pocket his, his sling. And Saul says, are you kidding? You're going to kill? You, you think you're going to do anything to that giant with that sling in your hand? David says, don't worry. Watch me. And we see David. The Bible says that David actually ran toward the giant. Wasn't, wasn't, there's no fear of this kid. I think, is it, you're, it's up till you're what, age 27, is it, Shane, that you're, the 
front part of your brain's not developed? I think maybe, was it, was it that? I don't know. David runs towards Goliath, picks up not one stone, but five. Now, this tells you the confidence of this kid. I don't know if anybody ever told you why David picked up five stones instead of just one. Because he wasn't just going to kill Goliath, because he knows that Goliath has got four brothers. And if, <laughs> if Goliath's four brothers show up, he's got a stone for them too. Now, you notice he doesn't say any more than five stones, because this is how sure David is of the ability that God has given to him. He picks up five stones, and he's ready to face the giant. And Goliath is laughing at him. What are you, sending your dog over here? <laughs> What's this all about? And he's mocking David, and little David's running up to the giant, puts that sting in, stone in the sling. Down he goes. Now, you just imagine Saul. He's, he's like, I can't bear to look. I can't bear to watch. I can't bear to watch. He's like... And next thing you know, that giant doesn't know it hit him. No idea. And down he goes. David, who's, who's, who's in a run already, he's got that stone, knocks that giant down. He's still running, towards, still running towards the giant. David, stop a little bit just to make sure this guy's actually dead. <laughs> no, runs right up to that giant, pulls out the sword, hacks off his head, picks it up, and says... there deeds done go get them guys and you can imagine the shout of joy of rejoicing a shout of joy and rejoicing not over just having one but remember the stress the anxiety the worry the fear that has plagued these people for over 40 days we're talking not just about a shout of joy and of victory we're talking about a shout which is a release of all of the fear and the anxiety that's built up over this time i want the spirit of god to speak to you this morning because here's, here's what you may or may not know is that you may not be able to slay the giants in your life right now but god has sent people along to help you with them and what most of us are too afraid to do is we're too afraid to ask we're too afraid to say, you know what, I actually do need help. I want you to see the effects that this fear has had on the, on the army of Israel. First of all, they're paralyzed. That's what fear does. It absolutely, it, it, it paralyzes you. You can't, you don't know what to do. I've seen people, they become so anxious, so fearful, they're worrying so much that what they do is they just go to bed. And they don't get up for days on end. And you see, your life is falling apart, and their answer is, I can't cope. And they go right back to bed. Or they start eating and eating and eating and eating. They're cranky. David, he's come all this distance to bring food to his brothers. And you think the brothers say, oh, David, so good to see you. Thank you for bringing us some delicious food. But they're cranky with them. And they say, buzz off, you little brat. Stop interfering in stuff that you don't know anything about. That's what anxiety and worry does. Are you a bit cranky these days? Maybe you've got a giant problem. You don't even realize it. you haven't addressed it yet. This, uh, this worry, this fear, this anxiety, it turned them all into cowards. They were too afraid to act. They're too afraid to take a step in faith. 
Looks, I believe that any one of those soldiers in Israel could have stepped forward, but here's what happens when you're hanging out with fearful people and people who refuse to look to God, is that it's fear and worry is catching. And next thing you know, everybody's anxious and everybody's afraid and everybody's backing off and everybody now is a coward and nobody's doing anything. And the next thing that happens is that you've lost all hope. This Christianity doesn't work. God doesn't work. The prayer is a waste of time. Christianity is a waste of time. And you've, now you've forgotten all about God and you've forgotten all about his deeds of old. You've forgotten about his faithfulness over the years, over the decades, over the centuries, over the millennia. David, Saul, the armies of Israel are descendants of those whom God delivered out of Egypt, who crossed the sea on dry ground, who had the, the pillar of cloud by day and the, and the column of fire by night to protect them. This was the God who fed them for 40 years in the wilderness. And the Bible says their clothes didn't wear out, their shoes didn't wear out, they had everything they need. God took care of them. But you forget all of that when you are worrying, when you're fearful. Suddenly you feel that you've never faced anything so difficult in all your life. But now here's the thing. If you are doing what I said last week and you're having a regular walk with God, if you're hearing from God on a regular basis, God's going to speak to you. And God's going to say, I'm sending you someone to help you. Somebody who's going to help you conquer your giant. You may be able to help conquer other giants, but there's some giants you can't conquer. Folks, listen, this is why Christianity happens in the context of the body of Christ. This is why we need each other. This is why God has given you a pastor. That's me, by the way. Believe it or not, I am God's gift to you. Somebody's saying, oh no. <laughs> Someone phoned me and said, Pastor, I'm so sorry for bothering you. And I would say, hold on a minute here. This is what I'm called to do. This is my real work. My real work is to help you get through whatever it is that you're going through. This is why God has given us a fantastic staff here. This is why God has given us wonderful elders here. It's to help you. To help you with the giants that have come into your life. And I want to tell you something, folks. I'm in the giant killing business. It's what I do. In fact, anybody who puts his faith in Jesus Christ is actually also in the giant killing business. But the fact is, is that we are all specialists in killing certain giants. If you're struggling with finances today, that may not be a giant that you can kill on your own, but I know people who can help you kill those giants. I've got at least five or six people in this church who are experts at it, who can sit down with you and they can help you kill that giant. But you gotta ask. Tell the person beside you, you gotta ask. Just tell, just tell them, you, you gotta ask, yeah. I wanna tell you something, folks. Asking, asking revolutionized my life. Asking for help revolutionized my life. I mean, when I was growing up, you, don't, you never asked for help. And in, in growing up in the ministry, I mean, you don't ask for help. You ask God for help, but you never ask others for help. This is why we say in our church, we're leading you, we're leading and targeting the next generation. We're leading you in a growing relationship with Christ 
and his church. You, you need Jesus Christ, but you also need one another because you can't face this life on your own. Isn't that right, Thomas? We need each other. You can't do it alone. And some of us, we just go to church and we hide in the front door and out the back door, or out the front door with quicker than anybody can even say good morning. Good, and they're gone. You don't have to face those giants alone. That's why I tell you to come to church every Sunday, to get your focus off of your problems onto God. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to give you advice. I'm here to give you counsel that comes from the word of God to help you get through whatever struggle it is that you're going through. I can tell you, not in a million years would Saul have imagined, King Saul would never have imagined that a young shepherd boy who was just the lunch wagon for three of his soldiers, never in a million years would he believe that that young boy would show up on a scene and kill a giant. Now, I'm gonna, I want the Spirit of God to speak to you right now because here's what I know, is that God will surprise you, will send people in your life that you never imagine, never dream of, never expect that will suddenly be a blessing to you. But folks, this is the reality of this, this very practical Christianity that's ours. God wants to be involved in your life on a daily basis, moment by moment, and he wants to help you. The question is, will you let him? Folks, it's another reason why we try to tell everybody you've got to get into a small group. By the way, we're starting a next small groups in, on January the 31st, and it's going to be a good one. We're talking about healthy relationships and the importance of, of being there for one another and strengthening our, our relationships. You know, my small group, I love our small group. Deb, Deb's in our small group. It's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. We're all helping each other, and someone's got to struggle with a vehicle, and they call up the, um, Wayne, and Wayne's expert in that. Someone's also expert in the other thing, and someone can help with this. Someone can help with that. Someone's having a hard time. And next thing you know, I'm hearing that some of the girls have gotten together for coffee, and they're praying for each other, encouraging each other, phoning each other. Folks, this is God's will. We are sent to help each other. We're sent to help conquer each other's giants with the help and the strength of God. Don't worry. Be happy. That's exactly what David said to Saul. Saul's all panicking. <laughs> Put on my, take my sword, take my... You, I got, David said, just relax, relax. Take your, take your armor, take your sword. Just put it away. Don't worry about that. Don't worry, Saul. Be happy. I'm here to help. Don't worry about this Philistine. I'll go fight him. I want you to know today, folks, that as your pastor, I'm saying that to you. Don't worry about that thing. I'll go fight. I'll go fight your giant. I'll help you. In fact, there's all kinds of people here today that will help you fight your giant. You don't have to do it alone. You've been carrying this thing all by yourself for nothing. God's saying, there's a whole army of people here who are very capable of helping you slay that giant in your life. You're lonely, we can help you with that. Need counseling, we can help you with that. Having a hard time in your marriage, we can help you with that. Struggling with your kids, we can help you with that. Having a hard time with your finances, we can help you with that. 
Don't know what kind of hairstyle to have? Can help you with that. Don't know what to wear? <laughs> can help you with that. Or I know people who can. That's the family of God, folks. God sends people along to help us. And the question is this, will you be humble enough to open your heart to them? I had a particularly difficult day um, just a few days back. And I got, I got three texts, or an email and two texts. And say, Pastor Allen, just want you to know how much I appreciate you, how much you mean to me. Thank you for all that you've done for me. And I had to fire back a text and say, and you have no idea what you've done for me. You've helped me more than you can imagine. And if I send you a text and say, you've helped me more than you can imagine, I can tell you it's more than you can imagine. We're in the business of helping each other, folks. Of helping us, helping each other deal with the giants that come along. I'm going to tell you, there's giants constantly. You guys are just starting out in life. You should see the giants that are ahead. And the older people said, yeah, what, yeah. Some were like, oh. But the good news is you're part of a family, and you don't have to do it alone. Nobody here today has got to face your giants alone. You belong to the family of God. And there's a David just waiting in the wings to help you. A David who's willing to say, I'll go fight him. Would you stand with me, please? Father, thank you for your presence here. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, that we don't have to face these giants in our lives alone. We hear those words echoing in our hearts and our minds. Don't worry, be happy. And Father, when we think of of what the armies of Israel and King Saul suffered, absolute terror, because if things didn't go right, they would end up as slaves and being beaten and even killed by their enemy. God, you and your faithfulness sent along a young shepherd boy, the most unlikely candidate to help. And through that young shepherd boy, that giant was annihilated. God, I pray that you would allow faith to rise in the hearts of everybody here so that everybody here today knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that God wants to help them through whatever it is that they're going through and that God uses his family, his people, to do that work of helping us. So we commit ourselves to you now, Lord, thanking you for your grace, thanking you for your help. Now help us, Lord, to depend on the people in our lives. We pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said it? Tell the person beside you, don't worry, be happy.